TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC FM and WTIC.com. I'm Matt Dwyer. Our topic today is the almost $70 billion merger between Hartford-based health insurer Aetna and Rhode Island-based CVS. CVS may be best known for its drugstore chain, but the company also owns a pharmacy benefits manager and is setting up Minute Clinics to expand the medical-related services it offers at its drugstores. The merger was recently granted approval by the Federal Justice Department with some conditions. The State Insurance Department is still reviewing the deal. Ultimately, the merger could affect employment in Connecticut and how state residents get health care. We're joined in the studio by Ted Doolittle, Connecticut's health care advocate. But first, we'll speak with Georgia State University professor Robert Klein. Professor Klein focuses on risk management and insurance. He was hired by the State Insurance Department to review the merger between Aetna and CVS. And he presented his findings at a recent department hearing on the merger. So, Dr. Klein, is is this merger between a health insurer and a pharmacy benefits manager kind of part of a a larger trend in the industry? Well, yes, to the extent that uh, health insurers are looking to vertically integrate with uh, providers now. uh, CVS is a provider in the sense of its Medicare clinics. As a pharmacy benefits manager, you could consider it as a firm that provides services to health insurers. And so this does reflect, I think, uh, a broader trend in, um, in in health insurance markets, and also uh, Cigna is proposing to acquire Express Scripts. So, again, that would be consistent with what you said in terms of this being part of a broader trend. What is vertical integration, and, and how does that play out in, in this proposed merger? Well, vertical integration basically involves a, a firm that, let's say in this case, Aetna, that provides health services Um, That could be viewed as a a downstream firm, and the upstream firm in this case is CVS, which provides pharmacy benefit management services to Aetna, okay? So then that would be the upstream firm. Now, in this case, it's the upstream firm, CVS, which is acquiring the downstream firm, which is uh, Aetna. Um, And so, you know, uh, if there was not vertical integration, these would be two separate entities, with vertical integration, they become one combined company. How did the, the combined company, how, how does it ultimately sort of save money or become more efficient uh, after vertically integrating and combining? Well, the theory is, and what you know, CBS and Aetna have argued is, is that by integrating, well, first of all, they're going to achieve certain efficiencies by um, eliminating certain redundancies uh, you know, in their operations. Um, but I think more importantly, what... Uh, uh, the, the theory here would be is that through vertical, vertical integration, uh, they can achieve uh, uh, synergies between the two uh, types of activities. So Aetna is the health insurer, uh, CVS is the pharmacy benefits manager. By being part of a combined firm, they can achieve synergies um, that ultimately uh, could have the effect of reducing prices and improving quality. 
uh, of services. So, for example, one aspect of a vertical merger could be of this type, could be uh, uh, better management of, uh, let's say, Aetna's uh, health insurance in terms of their utilization of uh, prescription drug benefits. Do you think that this actually will reduce prices for for people receiving care? Well, that's something that we cannot predict, and that's what we said in our report. We said that there is the potential for reducing prices and or approving quality of care. It could have no effect or it could have the effect of increasing prices and or uh, uh, reducing quality of care. Um, so it could it could have beneficial effects. It could have no effects or it could have negative effects uh, for consumers. And we don't we can't really predict with certainty uh, exactly what will happen. And is that because it's it's simply not possible to to predict it, or are there kind of certain like some factors pushing in one direction and some factors pushing in another direction? Yes, I think uh, your latter statement is correct. There are factors pushing in one direction, and there are factors pushing in the other direction. Much really depends upon the behavior of the firms, um, and uh, if they do really seek to uh, 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 benefit consumers. Uh, uh, continue to be very competitive uh, in the markets in which they operate, um, then to do that, they are going to have to keep uh, prices reasonable, uh, and they're going to have to look to seeing how they can uh, improve the quality of care uh, for uh, the enrollees in the affected health plans. So much much depends on the behavior. There are forces pushing, pushing either way. In past years, we've had a, a string of mergers among large players in, in the, the healthcare, health care, excuse me, in the health insurance industry, uh, and, and a couple of them involving companies here in Connecticut were rejected by, by or fell apart. Um, is is this essentially kind of like the, the big players in the health, health insurance field sort of having done pretty much as many mergers as they can amongst themselves? Now are they kind of looking for other sort of related fields to merge into or expand into? Well, there's still definitely a strong interest in, in vertical integrate. Well, a very strong interest in vertical vertical integration. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of health insurers also seeking to do horizontal mergers, particularly larger insurers seeking maybe to acquire smaller companies. Um, I still think that's on the table, even though I think the two uh, mergers that you're referring to, uh, you know, fell apart. I wouldn't rule out attempts to. Uh, 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 for uh, companies pursuing that in the future. And if, if this merger goes through, do you think it could spark more similar mergers in the future, more vertical integration? Well, that's a good question. I mean, um, and I think that if you look at some of the other large players like Anthem, um, you might wonder if they're also thinking about the possibility of acquiring a pharmacy benefits manager, if they thought that that would uh, give them some advantages and also help them in uh, competing with the uh, with CVS uh, or uh, Cigna. And I guess to, to back up for a moment, what essentially what, what is a pharmacy benefits manager? And are, do you see any, any drawbacks potentially to having a benefits manager under the same roof as a health insurer? Well, a pharmacy benefit manager basically um, has arrangements or contracts with different uh, pharmaceutical companies. And so what they do is they arrange for the pricing of those 
uh, drugs uh, for the uh, uh, plans for which the uh, benefits manager manages the um, uh, the drug aspect of those plans. So uh, there are definitely advantages, and I, I think all the, the major health insurers, even the smaller ones, use these pharmacy benefit managers to help them with, uh, uh, you know, um, getting access to the, these medications for their enrollees at uh, what would be hoped would be reasonably good prices, um, and um, assistance also in terms of uh, advising the health insurers on uh, drugs that are most efficacious uh, and uh, perhaps lower cost for certain kinds of conditions. Do health insurance companies and, and companies that provide medical services, do they sometimes have kind of competing interests with the, the medical providing companies sometimes wanting to kind of you know, sell more products and the health insurers sometimes being reluctant to pay? Is there sort of a balance there and does this possibly have some change in, in, in that balance? question. I think with respect to pharmacy benefit management companies, ultimately they are going to be seeking to offer services and uh, competitive pricing on drugs that are attractive to the health insurers they contract with. So there should be a strong incentive on the part of the pharmacy benefit managers for, uh, for cost control, uh, but they also need to be concerned about quality of care, too. Uh, because if uh, a health insurer fares, fails to provide good quality, uh, you know, fails to <clears throat> really uh, finance good uh, quality of care, uh, that's going to have a negative effect on their ability to, uh, to get people to enroll in their plans. So there are strong incentives in that direction. Now, when you merge the two entities, um, there, as I said, there is this potential for greater efficiencies um, we don't really see, per se, uh, a conflict of interest there that uh, uh, with, with emerged entity. Uh, it, it's more of an issue as to whether the power that they, market power they acquire uh, through the vertical uh, transaction, um, how that market power uh, is used um, and uh, whether it's used to effectively be more competitive uh, and, as I said before, lower prices, improve quality of service, or alternatively, that market power is used to, in a way that um, disadvantages uh, consumers. Okay. How, how might that actually happen in practice, or what sort of things might you be concerned about just sort of in practice if, let's say, you know, you have a patient... Uh, you know, getting their their uh, insurance, you know, through and and their drugs through this this merged company. Well, if they were to try to take advantage of their market power, meaning that they were less concerned about competition from other insurance companies, um, then you know the merged entity could uh, try to raise prices. Uh, they might try to reduce the drugs that are available uh, for the enrollees in the health plan. Um, but it's also important to point out that they are subject to regulation. And one of the recommendations in our report is that the Department of Insurance in Connecticut uh, basically ramp up its regulation of uh, uh, CBS uh, should the merger be approved, as well as other health insurers in this market 
to counteract any potential uh, for these firms to uh, abuse their market power. So, yes, there is the potential for abuse of that market power, but there needs to be this regulatory counterweight. And do you see any other sort of related industries that, that health insurers either already are, ex- are merging into or expanding into, or that they, they might soon merge into or expand into? Well, I mean, certainly, you know, there's also interest in uh, among health insurers in, if not acquiring, at least developing more integrated networks with providers. So that would be, you know, physicians, um, hospitals, uh, outpatient care facilities, uh, uh, you know, firms that do lab testing or x-rays and things like that. Uh, now, there are going to be cases where, you know, insurers might actually want to own some of those firms, but at the very least, they want to be able to establish stronger relationships with those providers uh, so that um, uh, in that with that integrated framework, um, they can sort of be on the same page in terms of controlling health care costs. Okay. Georgia State University Professor Robert Klein, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, so now let's turn to Ted Doolittle, the state health care advocate. Ultimately, Ted, is, is this good or bad for patients? Well, thanks so much for uh, for having me on. Uh, and uh, the Office of the Healthcare Advocate, for those who don't know, represents consumers who are battling with their insurance company. So somebody who's had a claim denied or something like that. So we have a front row seat to, to uh, at the consumer's eye level. Frankly, I, I'm, I'm concerned. Um, what you have here is uh, the insurance industry itself, a complex industry. It's a middleman industry, right, Matt? It's the middleman between the consumer and the uh, doctors and other medical providers. The PBM is another middleman industry, right? They're the middleman between the pharmaceutical manufacturers that make the drugs and the consumers that uh, that consume them, the insurance companies that buy them. Uh, so they're both complex financial businesses. The PBMs in particular are known in the healthcare industry as a black box. People don't fully understand how the money is sloshing back and forth. There's a complex system of rebates between the insurance companies, the PBMs, and the drug manufacturers. Nobody is fully confident that confident that they understand that. So now you've got one black box of the insurance company being put together with another black box of the PBMs. And my concern is that we just are going to get a bigger, blacker box um, and that it's going to be even more complex. Complexity in these situations is always the enemy of the consumer. So the jury is out. I agree with Professor Klein on that. But I am very concerned. My spider sense is definitely tingling. So if there is money sloshing around within these companies, what potentially would concern you about that? So the fanfare and the mantra, you know, for these mergers is always it's going to drive efficiencies and ultimately it's going to be good for consumers. Don't worry. We have this. We're big, uh, uh, sophisticated organizations. We're going to protect you, the consumer. The question is, what's the record on that? There is already a multi-year record of a large uh, integration between one of the big PBMs, one of these pharmaceutical uh, middlemen and insurance company, which is the United Health Group uh, uh, model. They have one of the other three large uh, PBMs, which is Optum. And I would challenge anybody, I would challenge two neighbors, one who's on Aetna and one who's on uh, a United Health Group plan, 
for to have a conversation about drug prices. I don't think you're going to find the United Health uh, customer saying, "Oh yeah, my drug prices are absolutely low. You got to go this way." I think you're going to find the same prices. So that's my concern that the record is is not there. The jury is out. I agree with uh, Professor Klein. I also agree with him that the character of the companies, how they handle this, and how they conduct themselves, is going to ultimately. Um, uh, uh, be the proof in the pudding. And, and we'll find out uh, uh, later based on choices the companies make. It could be good for consumers. It could be neutral. It could be bad. My concern, obviously, is I, I'm nervous. that I feel like we're, we're vulnerable. I would really strongly second what Professor Klein said about the need for ongoing uh, monitoring of this. And I would strongly urge the Connecticut Insurance Department to, uh, to hold these folks to their claims of what the savings are going to be and to monitor them in out years. And if they don't achieve certain savings, there should be consequences for the people that pledged them. And in terms of the money kind of being in, in a black box here with the, the health insurance company and the pharmacy benefit manager, is your concern that that makes it more difficult for, for state officials to sort of regulate those companies? Or is the concern that it, it makes it difficult to kind of know who's paying who and who's on what side? Or is it something else? Uh, well, it certainly is uh, the, probably both. But the second is really where, where I would focus. I... Uh, by dint of my office, I sit on a couple of boards, including uh, the governor's health care cabinet. We've just gone through an exercise uh, of, of uh, about a year in length where we're trying to understand pharmaceutical prices and trying to understand how to uh, make them better for consumers. After a year of, of studying that and hearing from a lot of experts, I still am not confident that I understand uh, how all the money flows. And I know, frankly, even business businesses in the middle, like, for instance, the independent pharmacists, they really feel like uh, independent pharmacists don't know until the end of the month how much money they're going to get for the work that they did and the drugs they dispensed. They get assigned that at the end of the month. Uh, uh, by the PBMs, uh, and and so so even even uh, you know an independent pharmacist is not able to figure this out, and 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 it's their livelihood. Whereas whereas me and you, other citizens, it's not our livelihood, right, to try to track what the price of our drug is and to make sure we're getting the right rebates. CVS is is a drugstore chain, and and they're merging with a health insurance company. Do you have any concerns that people who uh, have the health insurance from Aetna might end up sort of being forced to go to CVS. Yeah, I absolutely do have that, that concern. I think it's a, it's a common one. Um, uh, it makes all the sense in the world, right? Well, you know, if you're on the Aetna plan, now you have to go to the CVS. You can't go to the Walgreens or you can't go to your independent uh, uh, pharmacist on the green in, in one of our beautiful towns here in Connecticut. So, yeah, that's a concern. Why is that a bad thing? Access and choice are obviously uh, important to consumers. There's uh, the Universal Healthcare Foundation of Connecticut just last night actually released uh, survey results uh, that clearly showed that folks are, are concerned about uh, choice and access. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily, Matt, that uh, limitations of some form on choice are, uh, are not ultimately good in terms of getting the cost down. I'm just saying that, again, the jury is out on this, and it, we're, we're really going to have to closely monitor these uh, these proposals, and uh, and 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 make sure that the synergies that the cust that the uh, companies 
with all their slick promotion and all their marketing expertise or promising actually do come true for the consumers over the next, not just months, but over the a period of, of long years. With uh, the CVS and Aetna being un- under the same roof, do you have any, any concerns about privacy of, of you know, somebody who maybe is, has been getting their drugs you know, at CVS and now all of a sudden there's a health insurance company that might want to look at that data to maybe set prices or something? There is that concern. Also, uh, imagine uh, this is very much a merger of the PBM, right? The, the CVS is, I think, something like 80% of the revenue comes from the PBM, not from the pharmacy that you and I are familiar with where we go in to uh, buy some sundries and pick up some snacks uh, uh, and so forth. But imagine this. What if you go in and you buy a uh, product that is indicative that you've got a sore back? You get some uh, heating gel that you put on or something like that. Is it possible that that information gets shared from CVS back to, 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 to Aetna saying that, that this, is a, this is a person who might have a particular uh, health condition? Absolutely. Those privacy concerns, remember, this is important some of our most private, private information. I mean, finances are one thing. It's bad enough uh, when that information gets out. But when when information about a sensitive health condition gets out, that's really bad. And this goes back to Professor Klein's point about the proof in the pudding will be in the strong monitoring over the years by the insurance department and other regulators at the state and federal level. So I know CVS and Aetna have told the state regulators that they they expect that uh, essentially that pharmacists will be better able to kind of keep people on maintenance medications and that may improve their health outcomes and and that the combined company will better be able to to use data to to keep costs controlled. Do, do you have any hope that those may sort of improve the quality of care and maybe save some money for customers in the long run? You know, do I have the hope? Yeah, I have the hope. Um, whether or not I'm optimistic or not, that's a little bit of a, di- a different question. Um, uh, you, you know, this 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 could this could uh, have the benefits that we're talking about, or it it it, uh, it might not. Uh, uh, so th- those are my concerns. And I do uh, again second what uh, the professor said about the behavior of the firms being the key. And that just comes down to leadership and personality. And uh, and right now, at this moment, as a consumer advocate for the consumers in Connecticut, I actually have my doubts uh, about Aetna on that score. Um, here's a company that has thrived in this uh, state for over a century and a half, and they announce uh, 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 that they're going to move down to New York City. That didn't smack of good corporate citizenship to me. They, they pulled out of the uh, Affordable Care Act exchanges – uh, you're familiar w- with them. That that's the Obamacare exchanges, and like like the ACA or not, that's our community's response to try to get uninsurance down. Aetna pulled out, and and their CEO wrote a letter to the DOJ uh, Department of Justice at the United States um, that seemed to suggest that he was uh, uh, that that if the deal failed, if the Aetna uh, Humana deal failed. That he would use that as a, as a pretext to to pull out, almost like a revenge. So I'm not saying that that happened. I know there was lawsuits around that, but but the point is that that uh, I think Aetna has a corporate citizenship problem. They they left the the, the state. I'm very optimistic and glad that uh, CVS rolled that decision back. That was the right thing to do because uh, because Aetna and other companies can thrive. We've got a great workforce in Connecticut, highly educated and so forth. 
And I think I would uh, urge the CVS leadership uh, to uh, tell Aetna to go back on the exchanges in Connecticut and around the country and try to help the community solve this uh, uninsurance problem. Thank you, Ted. We've been joined today by state health care advocate Ted Doolittle and Georgia State University professor Robert Klein earlier. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Matt Dwyer. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.